You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. All right, dudes. We did it. We beat the Hawks. <laughs> Knew they had it in them. Way to go, everybody. Um, I would say I told you, Rob. The whole blowout thing, but I guess that was kind of a blowout. Yeah, it's fair. No free ads. It was fair. Uh, We'll wait for some people to join in here. We'll make sure everything is clicking the right way, and then we'll start talking about stuff. Uh, But Speaking of clicking the right way, how about them Celtics tonight? How about Celtics? How How about Rob Williams, and how about Kemba Walker? Kemba, we we're looking at a whole week of good play from him now, so the five, progress continues. Four or five games for sure. Yeah, uh, but I like the way you put that, John. Him and Rob Williams. Like, them together. The way they looked against the Hawks. Rob. Never, Rob we never the, seen him put it, to, put it together quite like that, right? Like, so the Rob I'm not gonna, experience was so fun tonight. Let's, let, let's please start with Rob because – Oh, I, I plan on it. Yeah, like I that, said, I'm slow playing it because I want people in the room here. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's the usual. Sure yeah, you start with Rob, you know, bring up Jalen at the end of the John's show. John's been yeah. starting with Rob. John's Perfect. been starting with Rob all season. He's been yeah. starting with Rob all season. No, so but I mean, that, you, you go to the thing, like I said, you go to the thing that was most interesting and were remarkable off of this game. And again, I think it was, I, I, I think it's hard to argue. It wasn't Rob. Just, no he fans. Was so, he was so interesting. <laughs> But, I mean, that stretch where it's basically, like, steal, block, backdoor, make a nice pass, dunk, alley-oop. And, like, Bobby yeah. tweeted about it from the Celtics account. You know, the game went from mildly competitive to a blowout during those Rob Williams second quarter minutes there. And that was basically the ball game. But the guy's just so freaking elected. He probably had, like, 11 fouls tonight. I think he only got called for four. So, and that's He's the anti before he got going on the stretch you just talked about, he wrapped up Capella in like one of the first plays of the second. Uh, Tice took another foul from him. I'm sure, sure you guys yeah, saw that. 
And then there was a third play where he like wrapped up Reddish. So by halftime, he had six fouls, but they only called three. Yeah, <laughs> and then by the end of the night, he got away with another one where uh, Gallinari fell there. So yeah, like he realistically, true. he realistically had eight fouls in this. That's game. what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't kidding. He had like yeah. seven or eight fouls. So that was the most unfortunate game. And the exact stat was at the start of that stretch, it was thirty-three to twenty-four, and then at the end, after all his dunks and layups and steals and blocks, it was fifty-one to thirty-seven, and that was pretty much the game. Yeah, dude was awesome. Yeah. And it's funny because we always talk about, let's just see the Celtics just lob it up there, right? Just throw it to Rob and let's see what happens. And then he does, like, the most Rob, like, we knew he was capable of this sort of athleticism. That, that it was one that, incredible, man. Like that was, I don't even know if he caught it, tapped it, one-handed it. His hand-eye coordination is just through the roof. Yeah, like, that's the kind of play where you're like, wait a minute. Like, if he's – not that – it's not one of those, okay, if he does this every single night, this will change everything. But, like, just that open opportunity, if he's able to – uh, get, get more comfortable and get these reps in, man. Like that, it just opened my eyes to how how explosive this offense could truly be when, with, yeah. with Rob in the middle doing what he did. And he was doing everything on both ends. It's somebody like he tweeted, wouldn't stop. Yeah, somebody tweeted it jokingly, Joe Sway, to your point, was like, I wonder what this offense would look like if they just robbed, if they just lobbed it to Rob on every possession, you know? Like, it's <laughs> like legit. And, and we always joke like that, but like he made it look so smooth. I was like, well, wait a minute. Why don't they do that more often? Like, in all seriousness. You do see the other side, though, the ridiculous goaltending. All the fouls were so, like, absurd. And he easily could have ended up taking himself out of this one and having a bad game. So you do see both sides of the debate here where there's just an enormous level of upside, but also these, like, just absurd things he does that you just can't do out there that end up getting him pulled from games. And he only had 16 minutes in this one in the end because of all the following and mistakes and miscues. He jumped into a couple of shooters uh, on the three point line. And it's like, you're right, John, there's more good than bad, but the bad is so bad. Like just inexcusable stuff. I know. But I mean, again, it goes back to the same point we're making. I believe that the, the Sorry, good Mr. Play- Perfect. The good place, it's not just it's, it's not, not it's not perfect. It's just like things you can't do. But it's not a the thing is it's not a one good and one bad cross each other off. The good is something he's like one of the only human beings on the planet that it could be done. You know what I mean? Is like no one can <laughs> you're allowed he it, it allows you to do things that no one else on the floor you could even attempt it with. So it's not just a net positive result, it's an overall positive positive environment that wouldn't exist if Rob wasn't on the court. The things that he does, the game, the, 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 you know, the, the plays that he, the shots he alters, his quick hands, his steals, deflections, all of that stuff. No one else does that. And what he's able to do in and around the rim. And when you throw it up there and again, we do, we joke with the role of gravity and all of this and that it's a real freaking thing. I mean, and the guy just doesn't miss. I mean, he, his field goal percentage this year is like 85%, but Right. Nobody does. Nobody does the positive things that he does. It's it's on a different level. That stretch there, I would you know he made like seven or eight what we would have called winning plays. You know, like what Marcus Smart does once or twice a game, and we lose our minds over. And he does it. Robert Williams does it every game, like multiple times a game. That that has to count for something. If we can live with Marcus's sloppiness, we can live with Rob's, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Not quite. No, you I mean, gotta live with it. I, yeah, you have to. I agree with you, but like, it's your best player, Jason is putting his head down, driving into the lane, and turning the ball over left and right. But then also, he's hitting ridiculous. I don't think it's that simple, Jason, though. But he's he's hitting shots only Jason Tatum can hit. You know, like there is a trade off there. Like 
And I think Rob does things only Rob can do. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, I've kind of been leaning towards your side of things where, I mean, clearly we've been saying, where's Rob Williams all season? He got like six minutes, eight minutes, you know, right. like barely plays. So I think over the last week or so, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he definitely does. The last week or so, I think, you know, the tides are turning a bit here. I think whether he's earned the playing time or whether it's just, you know, Brad's finally allowing him to get some more minutes. The, 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 you know, his teammates are, his teammates have seemed to always be big Rob Williams guys. So I don't think it was that. I just think for whatever reason, it took him a little bit more time to get in Stevens's rotation. So I think he's there now. I, I would be stunned if, if we're talking about, you know, random games where Rob Williams logs like six minutes, I would, I would, I would be disappointed no, we haven't, because I feel we haven't like seen that all year. Like he's, we have, he's we've been, seen sub ten minutes. We've seen he's averaging yeah. like fourteen we've minutes. Enough, game, so don't tell me that he yeah. doesn't have games where he's played under ten because I can guarantee you that he has. Earlier in the year, and you know he's had a couple games with the hip taken off, and I still wonder what role that plays in it in terms of his role and like how much he does play physically. Because after yeah. that stretch, he took himself out of the game. He called out and you know, stepped out of the game after that big run he had in the second. So I don't know, conditioning wise, hip wise, what's going on there. Uh, but in terms of earning minutes, I mean, 16, 20 is a given. I just don't know if we'll see him cross that plateau or start like we've talked about, because there are still great players playing in front of him too. The other two centers were fantastic tonight as well. Yeah. He might be playing the right amount. It's hard. You know, I mean, in a night like this, when you have Thompson playing, a really good game. I mean, yeah. and, and Tice again, the difference with, again, Capella went off again, but the difference when you see Tice defensively, he's obviously the best all around defender of those bigs in there. Even if he's going to get beat up by some of the bigger guys, just his activity there. And obviously he's just, he's a more capable defender. He's more responsible defender um, than, 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 uh, than Rob for sure makes a difference having him back when they complement each other like this, it turns out great. And you're like, wow, big, the bigs were great tonight. It's hard to argue against it. But when you see right. Thompson have the, and again, you don't want to overreact to one or the other, but you look at Thompson two games, three games, you know, he's kind of like, Oh, get this guy off the court. And Rob, I think is pretty explosive almost every single night. So that's why I'm always lobbying for the Rob minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, John, this is the best we've seen all three of them in one game, right? It's a cohesive Absolutely. unit, if you will, right? I mean, and, and I use the word cohesive loosely because they have, there's nothing like each other. And I think Tristan Thompson, like, for, for what it's worth, he did have a good game, but Capella, like, that, those offensive rebounds, those putbacks, like, that's the reason Capella had, why. Like, 10 I was, rebounds, right? Was yeah, that? I completely ate them up. Yeah, like, like I, eight I or nine my, offensive rebounds. Yeah. I think Mike Gorman even made a joke. Like, he has to be like the best that I've, I've seen at this, at this, you know, this year because it was, you know, it got to a point where you start thinking, well, Tristan Thompson. I mean, that's the first thing I think of when I first thought of this, or when I first heard of this other signing, Thompson, is that those offensive rebounds, those second chance opportunities, he has to minimize that, especially against, uh, you know, teams in the East, whether we're talking the Hawks or whoever it is down there. I mean, besides that, you have Tice with the outside shot. You have Rob Williams getting things done on both ends. And that's why I think those Rob Williams are so valuable, especially whether we're talking with the second unit or you can plug him in with the starters because when he that energy on both ends, I just think it's it's almost it's not only contagious, but it puts the Celtics at a level energy wise where they're able to compete better. Like I just hated those stagnant, you know, five minute stints where not only the offense is dry, but like the defense, they can't even string together stops. And we've seen that so many times against the Wizards and against the Pistons and against, you know, the teams that the Celtics 
were essentially just out hustled against. That's now, were we concerned Rob. about the way it faded in the fourth, though? I mean, to a certain extent, but Trey was, you know, to quote Brad Stevens a couple nights ago, that, you know, that's Trey. Trey he, he wasn't too disappointed with the defense on Trey. You know, Trey's going to hit those shots, but the Southerns managed to have that pad, uh, that padded lead that, that the Hawks, you know, it, it was too little too late at that point. So the thing that real quick I'll say about Rob is like the highs are very high and the lows are very low. So it's kind of like the middle of what, like what John that sees and what Bobby tennis. sees. So like, I agree with John in the sense where it's like when Rob's out there, like really, really, really great things could happen. Whereas you're kind of capped with a guy like Tristan who, you know, he might, he might do what he does. And tonight was, a, was a great game. So not a, not a really good example to use, but generally speaking, you kind of know what you're going to get like eight and six, right. Or like he's going to grab the rebound and whatever. But like with Rob out there, you feel like, wow, like at any moment, this guy could just come out of nowhere and swat the ball into like the 20th row or you could go for a nasty dunk. Like there's just a lot more you're capable of doing as a team with him on the floor. So he might play his way off the floor once in a while with a stupid mistake or whatever, uh, you know, bad defensive rotation. But overall, I think you get like the, like the pros outweigh the cons, I think, when he's out there. So, well, but Jimmy, to take it one step further than that, though, I what I think is – I understand the good and the bad of Rob, but what ends up happening is you put in a guy like Tristan because you think he's safer on most nights, and then you right. end up having to live with a bunch of things that he did. So with Rob, you might have mental breakdowns. With Tristan, sometimes he's just getting physically dominated where guys are just jumping and, and getting the ball, or he's not he, he's trying hard. He gets the offensive rebound. He can't do the putback. His percentage on putbacks, mm -hmm. I don't know what it is today, but as of yeah, like – It was 40-something percent. I mean, very, very poor right. on ones no that should be automatic buckets. You grab that offensive board, you should be able to put that thing back in. And he's not. So you're living with negative plays from Thompson. You just feel better about it because it seems like he's in the right place. He's just kind of getting beat up like he was with Capella, you know, in a couple of stints over these last couple of games. So that's right. why I mean is like it's not like he's it's not like he's he's got a clean sheet when he's out there either. Um, he's been so, so much no, better yeah. though. No, I think the thing with Rob is I think like a polished big man will really exploit Rob, and you know, uh, you know, with sure. the low post moves and things like that. That's but when you'll they, see Brad. Too. Yeah, right. I agree. I think that's when yeah. you really see. Okay, maybe you get a quick hook more. That's more when we start calling for Andre Drummonds. You know, like yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right. those games, and you're like, that's when that conversation starts. I mean, all that talk. I mean, Thompson's been better, but still, deep defense disappointing. Uh, Rob's been better. And you still have a stretch like the fourth tonight where I was a little disappointed with him and then the mistakes we talked about. But Daniel Tice coming back tonight, I thought was the difference. A seven and nine, game saving five uh, finishes to close the fourth. His defense was phenomenal in that first quarter where they were shutting down the paint. The double right. big lineup worked and a great connection with Thompson now. He plays off Kemba well, he plays off Tatum well, he gets some running in transition with good rebounds. Like this, he's been so underrated this year. And I've called him a top five player on this team. And, you know, we can talk all we want about Rob and getting more minutes, but there is uh, no way around Tice playing 30 minutes every game. Like, it's just a shoo-in because he's so good. His chemistry is so great with the starters. Yeah, he can fit so many around. different roles. I mean, come on. Like, this game was way more about Tice and Rob, if we're being serious. We are being serious. Yeah, I don't know if that's the <laughs> case. I, mean, I think it is 100%. Is a, I, don't, I don't see that at all. I thought oh, Tice come on. Did you guys turn – I, I, I think you guys – 
turned off the game after the third quarter, started setting up your computers, and just you know came up and talked about the first three quarters because Rob I was a disaster in the fourth. I absolutely think writing off a lot of what happened in the fourth is perfectly fine. Um, well, they would have lost if it wasn't for that three positive, stretch to close it. Negative. I don't think they would have lost. That's but that's fine. You know, yeah, I, that's been an ongoing you know, concern, not Bobby, like like bridging the gap to that second to that fourth quarter. And yeah, obviously you don't want to see this happen on the reg, but I mean, you, you take those three quarters from Robert Williams and you say, wow, like that's to get you to the fourth or to at least bridge the gap between the second unit and bringing back the starters. That I think he looked pretty damn good out there. No, I'm not knocking Rob's they game, but good. I'm saying Tice. Yeah. Tice just doesn't get enough credit. We go crazy about Rob every night, but Tice has built such a consistency okay. to his game that yeah. you know he he deserves a ton of credit coming back tonight. And I feel like leading the win. Rob was plus one. Tice was plus twenty in this one. Now you like plus minus because you don't like it all the time. <laughs> well, I think that just showed you what happened in the fourth because Rob got nailed in the, the beginning quarter, stretch and the Tice closed it down. Fourth quarter was a mess. I just think the expectations are, are completely different when we're talking about those two centers. And, and for Robert Williams, I, I mean, granted, Tice, obviously, he's he was missed in the starting lineup, right? But at the same time, when we see this from, from Robert Williams, it just offers that glimmer of hope that you diehard Rob Williams fans out there have been just hoping to see him play 20 minutes a night or at least be used more often. I mean, I think this opens that window, or at least it's it's a, it's been open, but now it's, it's continuing to uh, – to, to you know, get bigger and bigger for him right now. All these opportunities. Well, fortunately for Rob, Tice took that foul in the second, or none of that would have happened. No, how nice of him too. That was great. Like, you could tell. <laughs> it was just like he gave him that look. Like I got you. Hey, I'm just saying. I mean, we keep saying play Rob more, play Rob more, play Rob more. Well, what do you you taking minutes from Thompson? Sure, go ahead. I I, I mean, at some point we That's could see Thompson off this team. I think the general consensus here is Tice is your most dependable big man. And he's the one who does the most things most consistently. Rob is electric and makes a ton of plays, so you've got to find minutes for him. That's really the only conversation being had here. I do think if you started Rob and played him 30 minutes a game, you'd see more of the warts, and then you yeah. wouldn't want it. So at the end of the day, I, I think we're kind of falling in between where Jimmy's saying, don't have those 9, 12, 11 point, 11 minute games because you're, you're, you're missing out on bench guys are at the end of the day, supposed to provide spark. Robert Williams does it almost instantly the second he hits the court every single time. So I actually like him there coming in off of Tice. It was really mainly the the, the Rob versus Thompson uh, debate here. And I do think that where it gets sticky is when you get Marcus back and you shift out and Thompson goes back to the bench. We saw that already happen before Marcus got hurt, and it hurt Rob's minutes right away because all of a sudden you were like, how are we going to play this rotation? It took Rob out of that early action. You weren't seeing him until the second quarter or middle second sometimes, and you weren't getting impact from him during that little period of time. That's what I'd be, that's what I'd be worried about. And then the larger conversation of whether or not you can live with three bigs, um, and that and that's it. So then the question is, is that what you want? And everyone, you see it a lot in our chats. You see it in the videos we put up on the YouTube channel. Uh, one of the bigs has to go. You know, like you're not going to be able to play them all, particularly if you end up trading for another, then certainly you're going to have issues there. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, and I, I like Rob off the bench. I guess the other thing, fair, fair to talk, not fair, certainly to talk about tonight, Kemba Walker, clearly best game. It helps when Trey Young is guarding you, certainly. But – Again, he was okay. terrific, uh, start to finish, uh, all game long. Consistently the best offensive player. He's back. 
right? <laughs> I hope so. Like we've seen a week now, a good consistent oh, performance. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I can't tell I'm, if he's like, I mean, like are, are you, am I the only one? Like John, I, I feel like, are you trying no, to put I, I, right now? Or I, you're just like, no, I, no, I think, it. I think this is three straight games now that this he's is like showed five games, he can be his own games. self. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That All Washington right. game was a great start for him. And then he's, he's continued it throughout the week. And we're talking about what now, like 60% shooting from him from the field, uh, you know, finishing inside, which he wasn't doing before that, that finish through Capella tonight was as encouraging as anything else. Like even yeah. more than that eight point burst in the halftime. So he's adding layers and layers to what he's doing here. He's getting off the ball a little bit, which we want to see. The adjustments that he needs to make are happening quickly. And I know I was looking into his defensive numbers. They're still below average, but I still feel like, as we talked about the Jeff Teague and Pritchard situation on Wednesday, he brings you better defense than those two. And he's positionally sound and he fits with all these other starters so well in a way that, I mean, we were talking about dumping this guy earlier in the year. And I don't think that's even in the like imagination now. There's so much better when he's out there, and he still adds so much to this team, even at a diminished state. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think one of the biggest things I noticed tonight that I didn't see necessarily beforehand was the emphasis, the point of emphasis of, of, of seeing the floor as opposed to seeing how is he going to score. Like, I feel like beforehand it was like, okay, he, when he had the ball in his hands, most likely he was considering how to you know attack the defense or if he's going to pull up. And this time around, it just seemed like he was just going with the flow of the offense. Whatever the team, uh, whatever the offense was uh, was reading, I mean, whatever the offense was reading for the defense, he was able to attack, and he was attacking with confidence because he wasn't overthinking. <laughs> you know, like, it got to the point where, like, when he's not overthinking and he's scoring, and it's not just you know uh, three pointers that he's relying on, he's he's able to mix it up and find you know teammates for good looks or, or in transition buckets, like. That transition play where the ball didn't touch the floor and he the alley oop, you know, up to I think it was Thompson or 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 Rob, like those are the kind of plays that Kemba is just it's a no brainer because he's just out there playing basketball and he's not overthinking it. Like like that's the kind of Kemba out there. You know what we saw tonight was was the Kemba that I remember from last season before the bubble or at least uh, the, the 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 normal Kemba that much that we much much come back. Yeah. He's, he's back. It's back. Much John, closer, much closer to pre-bubble, Kemba. Much closer to pre-bubble. Time, guys. I think it's John, time. Hit the camera for me. <laughs> you doing it? Hit the oh, camera. Already? Already. Here we go. Listen. Hold on. I wait a second. I can't do it yet. John, you should be joining them. Come on. All right. Here it is. I don't before have two shots. Before the season started. <laughs> I said on this show numerous times, I was worried about Kemba Walker, not to John's level worried. I didn't want the guy to, I didn't want to amputate his leg, but I was very concerned that you weren't going to see Kemba Walker until March, if you were lucky, and that this team was going to be in big trouble without him. Now, I was kind of right that they are, are in big trouble without him, but you, you seriously saw the difference between a team with Kemba Walker and without Kemba Walker, Wednesday to Friday, right? And not just Kemba Walker, but a healthy Kemba Walker. The way that they've managed his minutes, the way that they've uh, had him take certain games off on his way back, but 33 minutes tonight, 10 of 16 from the field. This isn't just this isn't the first game he's he's you know shot well and scored points for them. I know that there's been some concern with his shot making, but when you want to talk about his health, I think he's fully back health wise. I won't say fully back. He's got to go back to back maybe, but that knee looks great. He looks good, and I was wrong because I thought I assumed way, way worse uh, for the pain tolerance and 
what was going to what he was going to look like coming back from the injury. He looks like Kemba Walker, and tonight he played like Kemba Walker. So that's my apology, Cam. First one of the year, probably the only one of the year. So don't get used to it. You know Jeff what? Teague. All right, all right. Teague in there. Not bad. I like it. I that like wasn't it. bad. I like it. That, boy. that was earnest. That was honest. There was no butts in there. Clean apology. You would never get Clean that. Clean apology. From me. And you know what I also said? I said I, I would be happy to be wrong. I said I would be happy to. This is the apology that I'm happy to have. I will There's co-sign no- with all, everything that Jimmy said in terms of worry. That he, the the main concern was whether he'd come back as early as he did. The fear was that yeah, they were you were, were back. So, they were soft pedaling the injury started. John was like, "Get him out of here. He's done." John said he prefers <laughs> the ACL tear. He was hoping that that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did say that. It was a clean. Dude, so, I'll stand by that. I will not apologize for that. It's better if it's a clean. There's people in the break. comments. There's people in the comments saying that it's too soon for an apology. Listen, I've been holding off on this apology for. Bobby wanted me to apologize like six weeks ago. So I'm, I was thinking I'm, another I'm pretty, week. I'm pretty confident in, in in Kemba's health. The apology is about his health. He looks healthy. The knee looks fine. I have no reason to believe that he's injured or playing hurt right now. So that's what the apology is for. I'm not saying he's never going to have a bad game. That could still happen. Hell, they could trade him next week. But for what I was wrong about was his health. I think he's healthy. Yeah, John, you can't – John, when you're ready, you'll get your own own camera, dude. That co-signed, John. Cool. John's trying to hide behind my apology. Wait, how does Saint Celtic know that? Um, anyway. Uh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> You're a fish fan? Doesn't matter. About time. <laughs> he doesn't want to claim it. He doesn't want to claim it. Right. Nice job, Jimmy. I mean, I went in early on the Raptors, and that actually turned out to be a mistake. They're back, yeah. and they just swept the Bucks, and now I got to get back. Bobby, on that you have so much again. to apologize for, my man. You got the, the Raptors. <laughs> what absolved you of so many, so many other things? Okay, so we, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. We don't, we'd have to have. I came very close on Thompson. I came very close on Thompson, but I'm liking what he's doing the last few weeks. I'm holding off. Yeah, right. man, you I didn't read your text from like three days ago. You are the wishy-washiest <laughs> guy. Yeah, three three, days ago, like, said, I'm done. That's it. I'll way out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in Busevich. I'm this done. Is, I have it. It's in my phone two days ago. I'm all hey, the way out, guys. Part. The texts are a much about. different story. We've only gone to the text once on this show, and that's always a dangerous game. Uh, the Thompson, texts are confessional. Yeah, yeah. The the Thompson stuff is settled down, but I was close there. Raptors deserve an unapology, can because they're back and they're right behind the Celtics. Apologizing well, for the apology—that's a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tristan, Jimmy, I, I will say I'll clarify a little your apology. I should I, I'm not even going to do it because everyone's going to light it up. I'm not going to. No, go okay, ahead. You're John. good. You, you can't you do that. There's still six and eight. There's still six and eight with Kemba. Okay. It's about the health. It's a, it, it's more. It doesn't about matter. It's about yeah. the trend. Doesn't you matter. Know what? I was gonna say that, but then you you. you That's unfair. It's about, it's about the about trend. The about the health. It's, yeah. about it's the trend. all it's about, about the, the way he looks last last few games. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah. again, I, I mean, look, it's at the end of the day, it might have in the beginning what we were saying about Kemba. We were saying um, he actually looks like he's I moving see. okay. Just the shots not falling. You know, and that's what was the killing you, which was like, if the shooting percentage was a tad higher, you'd be like, this is fine. We can live with this right now. He was just so brutal from the field. And then you started to get worried that like, has he lost his stroke? Has he lost his confidence? He can't figure out what he wants to be. So sometimes, you know, like I said, 
that's the pro- with, that's not a problem with Tatum, with Kemba, with guys like that. They have to have that fu mentality and just let it and just fling it, you know. And that's I like what- his, I like his defense too. Am I crazy about that? Because I caught some flack on that online tonight. Like he, he all right, you're not going to line him up one on one with a guy and expect him to dominate defensively, but oh, he's it, always in the. Never get through one. <laughs> he's always in the Sorry, right position. Ahead. And so he's plus 26 tonight. They had a top five defense last year with him playing all those minutes. Like, I, I'm just saying, this isn't Isaiah Thomas defensively. This guy can still bring it on that end. He hustles. He's always in the right spots. He's never lost in the pick and roll. And again, tonight, I thought he had a fairly strong game for three quarters against Trey Young until that started spilling over into the fourth. So that, too, I think is a strength of his as well. So people saying it's too soon. You have to understand, like, I literally didn't think Kemba Walker would even be playing right now. So, like, I was pretty wrong about that. So I should I, – I think it's a fair apology. Like, the guy's putting up – you know, he's playing 33 minutes a game, 28 points, you know, 10 of 16. Like, I was pretty freaking wrong about how I felt that return was going to go. So I don't think it was too soon. Again, I'm not saying – Here's Kemba Walker, your you know the MVP of the second half. I'm just saying, listen, if this this guy plays and is healthy the way that we know him to be, the Celtics have three legitimate scorers on their team. They just got to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, the reason I'm holding out is in, the reason I'm holding out isn't stubbornness. My general vibe is I I'm worried that it surfaces at some point during the year, and so that's sure. the that's the fear is that he doesn't make it cl- clean through. And you have to live with another shutdown and then him coming back at less than 100%. So that's always the concern. It's, so it stinks to say you're not going to be satisfied with him until he makes it through injury-free. But we've seen it flare up too many times right. in the last 18 months, 12 months to feel good. I mean, you're talking about two times with shutdowns you know, completely and then a, and then a really slow restart on that bubble – just off this one injury that isn't surgically repaired and is something that doesn't is a management situation. So it's always a concern. And so I yeah, always yeah. feel like we're going to be holding our breath. You're one day away from a, oh, Kemba's just going to take a couple days off. Or, and it's mm. like, uh-oh, here we go. So you don't want to see it because it would kill you. You have to have this version of Kemba Walker to have any chance. That's mm. I think we're all in the same, we're all in the same boat there. You have to have the Kemba yeah. you signed or else this team's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I mean, I- Anything could happen. He could he could land on it weird or tweak it or something could happen. But I mean, based on what I saw tonight, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable making my apology at this point. I'm not saying John, you need to, or that he's completely out of the clear. But I think it's pretty safe to say that I was I was wrong about where where I thought he'd be at this point in the season. So I, Jimmy, I'm apology. with you there too. I was worried we wouldn't see him until March. You know, like I this this felt like a in mid January we'll start talking about when to bring him back and all of a sudden he was practicing and he was playing so uh, right. hats off Kemba and you know again a lot of people talk, talk about this too that if the if Stern uh, Stern Silver didn't uh, jumpstart <laughs> that season so quick they might yeah. have been able to slip this one slip this one by us and he just, might not have yeah. missed any games and he might not have missed games and it might have just been like oh just training at his own pace and that might not have been an issue. Uh, but obviously a bigger deal was made of it because all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're going to start camp. And Brad's like, yeah, you're not going to see Kemba. And everyone was like, what? You know? So I, that freaked <laughs> no, it, a lot of people out because they're like, yeah, no, definitely not for the start of the year. So It lined up yeah. perfectly with that MLK day. That was like right around the weekend he came back in the end that they were expecting yeah, the lead to get started. Uh, the guy who deserved that treatment, as we're seeing now, is Romeo. I mean, this we're seeing like a week ago, he probably should have got going, and he still hasn't done much of anything. 
So, like, he's the guy taking it a little slow here and falling behind schedule for the Celtics. Not like they need him desperately and they, they're they going to let him take his time there, but there's really nothing on the Romeo front. They ask every week about him, and we're almost into March now with absolutely nothing on him. Yeah, yeah the expect- Romeo thing's yeah. frustrating. Because, yeah. again, mean, it, all, it all comes down to the same thing <laughs> with Neesmith. And, yeah, it comes down to the same thing. You, you know, we keep saying the same thing. You want to see these guys play because you think – the key to having a functional offense with the proper spacing is to have more weapons, potentially more shooters, more people that can do multiple things out on the court. Romeo might not be that guy because I don't know what he's going to be like as a shooter, but that's definitely why you want why why we want to keep seeing Neesmith out there. Um, what do you guys think after four or five snapshots now? Like the Neesmith thing is interesting to me. He's obviously at this point a rotation player. So like all of the stuff we were begging to see, which was let it let him learn on the fly and just put him out there it's kind of happening and he's definitely earning his minutes with the hustle he had a bunch of again same thing the chase down t- uh, tonight and a lot of hustle plays a lot of deflections active hands on defense he's freaking totally lost on offense man i mean i you know i, I he's really scared it, it means he's scared to dribble he doesn't know really what to do his instincts are still really lacking i'm willing but you still want to see him play through it but I am surprised, like, how little, like, a basketball player he looks on the offensive end of the floor. Like, Bobby, you watched some of him in college. Was he just a catch-and-shoot guy? Did he do more things? We've seen him drive a couple times. But, like, what do we want to see ultimately? No, we. I think this is something we're starting to see with him that we want more of is that screen around Williams for his only make tonight into the three-point at the top of the arc. Which Rhythm plays. Right, exactly. Yeah, you don't want just like boom, fire, off the catch, like corner threes. That's your role. He's more of a movement, even off the dribble kind of shooter. You know, one dribble around the screen, that kind of stuff. Like drawn plays, activity. Duncan Robinson, remember all the stuff he did for the Heat last year? That's what you want to see mimicked a little bit that, with Nismat. So that's, that seems to be the dream, right? Duncan yeah. Robinson would be the would be the it's a similar historically player. Good, historically good three point shooter. Yeah, that would be that would be the good no game. the usage the kind well, of Nismet usage like semi ojale or like how you see, how they're using semi ojale is exactly how they shouldn't use Nismat. They're completely different kind of shooters. Exactly. You want him coming off of screens. You want you know, him. We, we mentioned that. We actually talked about this exact same thing on draft night. We were talking about Bay, though. But once the Celtics eventually did draft Neesmith, we talked about how he's not that kind of scorer who can really put the ball on the floor and, you know, sort of uh, dribble through defenders. He's more of a that kind of Reddick-ish or even like a Buddy Heald almost the way he could come off the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't do that. You're, you're right. Like he, we had the one after timeout play where he got his only bucket. Then again, he's just standing in the though. corner. Yeah. But, that, yeah, but that's what you want, John. You want him to be able to knock that down when Brad. I don't want him standing in the corner. So. Play is for you coming out of a timeout like that. No, that's... but they have to get him coming off screens a little bit, right, Josue? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I, I just yeah, he's still getting comfortable out there, and Brad's continuing to you know, remind people of that because I think just like you, John, they're noticing he's a little shaky out there on offense, but he's getting his reps in and he's getting those looks. I think that's what's most important. And defensively, if he can keep up, that's what's going to keep him on the floor. And that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And this is, now go ahead. No, I was real quick. I was going to, I just don't really think they're at the point where they're really concerned about getting him, getting him, you know, putting him through plays, getting him shots, things like that. I think they want him out there, open up the court for the, you know, for the Jays, for Kemba. And if, if he can get open, great, take the shot, have that confidence to take the shot. But, I mean, to, to expect him to be running around like, you know, Rip Hamilton or Ray Allen right now at his, at his <laughs> career 
little little much. I'm I'm just happy to see him getting some playing time, and I think the comfortability will will come. John, you made a good comparison, I thought, in our chat to to Avery Bradley and just like the timidness out there. And yeah. obviously, two diff two different players. Avery Bradley was you know known for his defense coming into the league, whereas this guy is the complete opposite. But similar in the sense where they're just kind of sitting back and watching and sort of letting letting right. the ball. I don't want them. the ball in my hands. Right. Please yeah. take it and then run away. Bradley did that. You know that was last year. Years, but they were also asking Bradley to run the point. He would get over half court. First person he'd see, and, and he'd have this protective dribble. Give it <laughs> yeah. to him and then run away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know who that reminded me of last year? Uh, uh, Langford, Romeo. Remind yeah. me of a Same young, thing. young. Yeah. Same exactly. The rookie thing, man. I mean, these guys, you know, the guys, the guys played it almost as much as we have this season. And then you get right, out in an NBA see, game. You see them knock down like two or three in a row from the side, those side jumpers, those mid-range jumpers. You're like, oh, wait a minute. Let's see more of that. Like, that's what opened yeah. up Avery Bradley's offense in the beginning. Oh, and the backdoor cuts. Romeo did the exact same thing. Open, open backdoor cuts. Bradley was the king cut, dude. Yeah. And I guess the, the one thing you'll feel good about these guys, again, Neesmith is certainly playing hard on defense. He did have that one play where he got he got dusted early, um, you know, just trying to defend somebody top of the key. I forget who it was. And he got, he got blown by. He's still a little bit sloppy and reachy at times, but he's working hard. I mean, he's really working hard. And we saw Romeo yeah. playing really good. Really good defense last year in the bubble. Um, so that makes you feel better about their minutes if and when Romeo ever friggin' reattaches his hand. It's, um, it's such and, a weird situation, too, with some of these young guys. He's going to come back with a robotic hand. <laughs> I know. I'm ready. Put me in, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Never misses a shot. It's just totally like it's math. It's just an equation. The ball always goes in. That's what you would expect after a layoff like this for a wrist surgery. He got the surgery in the bubble. It was September. It's taken a long time. You know how, like, you always, like, in baseball happens, like, the player will have surgery and the report will be like, he underwent successful surgery. Like, somehow this was unsuccessful. Like, you're just waiting for, like, the report <laughs> to come out where it was an unsuccessful surgery on Romeo Langford. His wrist is no longer a part of his body. And, like, oh, that's it's worse. It's way worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, radio yeah. silence there. Last thing, though, like has anyone as asked about him? Sorry to cut you off. I mean, yeah, I every week there's nothing new. It's just literally yeah. nothing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. He's, he's he's shooting before games. That's about it. So he's, I, he's I, I I shooting with his foot. He's learning to shoot with his feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's just I mean, drop kicking the ball. <laughs> That's just weird. So we always talk about with the Celtics, like how empowered the starters are, like smart Brown, what he's been able to do on the ball now. When it comes to these younger players and the bench guys, there isn't that same level of empowerment. The way we talked about Unless Rob. Richard, and then you do whatever you want. Shemi Ojale didn't play the same way he did out of college. And now Neesmith, it's a little bit of a different, more limited role here. And maybe Except it is because... Maybe it is because these guys don't adapt as well or aren't fit for those roles at the next level. Uh, but over the last few years, just the movement around the stars and the involvement of the role players in particular. I was comparing this to 2016 when you saw Stollinger get post-ups and Evan Turner hop on and off the ball. And some of the role guys on that team and the movement that they had was just unbelievable. And this year, it's just pick and roll, space out to the sidelines, catch and shoot. The offense has just really been kind of condensed in a way that I don't think has been for the better. And maybe it is the personnel, but I don't know. We're seeing a stark difference from those Isaiah, late Isaiah teams to the more recent teams where it's been more ISO and just get out in space for the role guys. 
Yeah. Well, I guess uh, this is as I, good a time as any. Time to go go back to that style, though, Bobby. You know, like I, I feel like it's it's less. Uh, it, it's more. You know, the the ball's on to swing more as compared to those guys that we saw. You know, what five years ago? Like, man, can't has been a lot. You know, those twenty sixteen teams. Well, Bobby, to your point, um, I guess this is as good a time as any to bring this up. Uh, we did have a uh, Goodman was on the pod uh, was on. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, it was the Goodman podcast. Ryan podcast uh, with, with Jay, Jay King. King. They were talking. Yeah. They were talking about the Celtics, and they in fact had uh, uh, Goodman had a, a, a talk to a player, an NBA player who very recently played the Celtics. Um, didn't name the player, but had this to say. So I'm going to play this clip for you guys because it it, it it plays exactly into what you were saying, Bobby, with the offense uh, this year. So take a listen. But I was asking him last night a little bit of his thoughts of the Celtics. And he said, uh, Tatum and Brown can't be your superstars and only do things that help their game. They don't get anyone else easy shots. All they know how to do is score doesn't help the Kemba. Uh, Kemba doesn't help their center. They don't help anyone either. They don't turn down tough shots to get another guy an easy shot. So teams are on to them. That's basically what he said. Teams are on to them, load up on those two, and live with them taking long twos. And that's... That's a good... Oh, no, John, where'd you go? Oh, we lost John. I can't... Oh, okay. I yeah. thought it was, I thought not it was just, just you. me. Yeah, it's not just you. It usually is just Sorry, you. Sorry, guys, you got me? Yep. You got yeah, gotcha. Now I was, was going to just let that roll. I was just going to agree with John. So, uh, uh, Jay King uh, afterwards was like, that's really good scouting um, uh, report there because it was talking about the kind of stagnation. And everyone's going to look at this as a dig on Tatum and Brown. I think it's as much representative of um, just the lack of depth that they have around them and this feeling that these guys have to take it all upon themselves. But you're right. The offense has become – so much built on these guys generating their own. And we've even said on the show, like, why are they passing the Grant Williams? You know, uh, but to the point that, you know, when it goes bad, sometimes is when you really notice it. And it's like, wow, Jalen didn't look up at all on that whole possession. Mm -hmm. He, I mean, we were joking, like he won't pass to Neesmith. He's right there. But I mean, Jalen went through stretches. I mean, he did it on that stretch where he hit the three threes. It's great that he hit him, but I mean, he had a five possession stretch there when the ball hit his hands. He was like, nope, not giving up, you know, and he hadn't been touching it a lot. He didn't get a ton of touches tonight, but Tatum kind of the same way. He keeps kind of forcing the ball into the lane a little bit and turning it over, but it has become a very predictable offense in that, in that regard with those guys. Yeah, but that's exactly what we were talking about when, when, when we talked about when those guys are completely focused on getting the best shot, not for them or just for the open guy or whether it's someone that they truly believe in and have confidence in, that's when we see records being broken. You know, Shemi yeah. Hildjale, like that was that night, right? <laughs> like, we talked about it that night. I'm at the guard and I'm yeah. like, listen, this is a completely different team when Jalen Brown and, and, and Jason Tatum, but specifically Jason Tatum, when he's just out to get theirs. Like, he's not out to get his. Like he's out to get everybody else's. And he's like, look, I'll get mine's, you know, in due time, in the flow of the offense, like that's it, and and I, I just don't, I'm not sure these guys are confident enough in these guys though to, to make that an everyday thing. Like let's let's be honest, like do the do you think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are confident enough in these guys to, to do this every single night? I just don't think that's the case. I just think <laughs> they pick and choose which nights are going to be the night to do it. I mean, obviously they're not going to just be stingy with the ball on other nights. They try to blend it in, but of course you're going to see that balance you know, tip the scale depending on the opponent. 
But it I does think, make them easier to defend because you know, like if, if Tatum, for example, that's why he's running into so many guys out there. One of the reasons down, he's having a tough yeah. time getting to his spots have to get his shots. So they keep running guys out at him because they know that's what's going to happen. And then that's what the offense becomes. You're 16 seconds into the shot clock until Tatum realizes, maybe I don't have this, you know. Uh, and then it becomes a scramble and you don't necessarily get a quality shot. But when that becomes your whole offense, Every single time they've had one of those games where, you know, record-breaking games or, or whatever, it's always those 27, 28 assist games when they're whipping the ball around a lot more and they're creating mm-hmm. movement. They're definitely harder to defend there. It's an easier team to defend when the ball's just sitting in one person's hands. Especially when you don't have the space that when you don't have shooters spacing the floor where there's a threat of if I am doubling this guy, you know, you're not going to pay for it. So you can sell out to 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 uh, to defend these guys and key on them. And you're probably not going to pay the price there. Yeah, this isn't a new phenomenon. Go with the hero ball. Yeah, it's not for, for Tatum in particular. We're talking about him being the point guard of this team effectively since the bubble. Uh, so he's been going through the ups and downs of that transition since then, and I feel like he's in a fairly comfortable spot when it comes to that. Brown's newer to the party in that sense, so I'm expecting even more up and downs from him at that position, higher turnover games like he had tonight, and just a growing process of being there because those are the only two guys you trust effectively at this point being on that ball. Maybe Kemba to some degree at this point, but with his finishing issues and some of the other concerns we've talked about with him, turnovers too for him. You know, you'd like to see him phased out a little bit in that role and more Jalen, more Tatum. So, like, might there be bumps in the road through a regular season stretch in terms of their facilitation abilities? Maybe, but it's all the kind of stuff we've talked about to where who cares if they're the fifth seed this year just because they take a few extra losses. You don't. You just want to hit the playoffs running. Yeah. Yeah. So, I saw that Joe Sway on Sunday, um, or Wednesday, rather, against the Hawks. I saw them kind of phasing out some guys, Grant. Neesmith certainly has been phased out by them as ball handlers sometimes, but I think it's the right decision because to the player's point that they don't make teammates better, I disagree with that. I think Tice is made better by those guys. Rob, um, probably a guy. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. And even we've seen Semioge. We've seen Semi Ojale be a little bit better this year too, like in certain spots. But it does come hey, back man. to the personnel. That's awesome. You know, yeah, like you give you give everybody some credit on all sides of it, right? They made Hayward like, better. They made Rozier better. No. <laughs> well, this is the other thing too. What do you want? They, they were there. It wasn't their job to make Rozier better. You're just trolling. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, Jimmy, what do you? That's the reason they're Jimmy, not. That's the reason they're not. I actually don't anymore. know if they make them better until they're gone, though, right? It's like, Jimmy. you know, right, what? Russell. look at Russell Westbrook's OKC team, and everyone was like the triple-double year, and they're like, it's amazing what he's doing. He's got nobody around him. He had friggin' Sabonis and Oladipo. You know, like, it's like, and then they leave, and then they're free. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, maybe maybe too much <laughs> Russ was a bad thing. You know, like, I'm not saying these guys are that. It's not. But with Tatum, I wonder, we talked about it the other day. There was He had one of those what we call Ben Simmons lines, you know. Um, do you want to see more of those instead of 27 to 30 point games? Do you want to see more Ben Simmons lines of his 18, 8, and 8 if he is running the point? Um, and maybe, you know, not shooting as much. It, there's no way he's going to shoot so little that he'll score that few points. That was a poor shooting night. But ultimately, like, is that what you want to see more out of him, Bobby? More of a distributor and more of a 
you know, it's going to depend on his teammates. I mean, right. how many assists would he have had on Wednesday if it was a you know higher than thirty two percent three point shooting game? Probably closer to ten instead yeah. of what he ended up having. Yeah. So, like, I don't think this is on Jason in particular as a facilitator. I think he's awesome. You see the hook passes he makes, the vision he has, the pick and roll he runs. I, I gripe about his turnovers sometimes, six again tonight. That's what he has to clean up. But I don't think, like, this notion that he's just ball hogging and, like, going straight head down to the rim is the truth. Like, I think he's making a concerted effort to dish the ball forced. around a little bit. Yeah. So the in turn- those, He's burying something- his head and he's just – going towards the lane and those turnovers are absolutely forcing his way into the lane. Almost all of those. So we got to, we got to pick what we want here. Cause in 2018, he got phased out by the equal opportunity offense down the stretch of the East finals. And it was mania in Boston because they couldn't, you know, force the ball to him and have him take every shot. Now, when you get in the situations like the Detroit loss earlier this year, where they're peppering the ball around to Grant and smart and letting anybody take the big, great shots late wide open shots at that. That's a problem too. So, like, the, there can be problems with both styles here. I don't know, Jimmy. What do you What do you prefer, Tatum on the ball shooting every single time, or an equal opportunity offense like we saw in 16, 17, 18 even? The superstar league. So, I mean, I just want you to play to your superstar strength. That's like a trick question, right? Because it really depends on who I guess is around you. If you're if you're Tatum with this team. I think he needs to be leading the team in shots. He's your he's your best raw, raw scorer, right? I mean, the problem is you have a guy like Kemba Walker who also needs shots and who also needs the ball. So in that case, you kind of need him to play that point role at, at certain points. So I don't really know if I have an answer for which would you rather have. I think he's good enough to sort of be like a chameleon with the players around him, but he's also still pretty young. So at the same time, he's still growing that part of his game. He's not a natural Ben Simmons. He's guy. only 19. He's only 19. <laughs> I think, yeah, he's not even 20 yet. I know. But, Jimmy, what it comes down to is you just have those – you can have the ball. I guess ultimately what you want is him to have the ball but to make the right decisions, and that's exactly. obviously subjective. What is the right, right decision? But you have those games where he settles for fallaways and, and, and difficult contested twos way too often. And you have other games where he's burying and he's trying to force the issue. So ultimately, someone who has a feel for the game, you know, and he does, but as he continues to get that, is going to do less of the bad things and more of the good things. That's what you want to see. But, you know, there, yeah. we don't, there's no reason to excuse those games where he is clearly forcing the issue. Um, Agree. Right. Completely. So you just want to see I mean, Make all the make more right choices, I guess. Yeah, you you don't that's what you really don't want. Yeah. What you what you really don't want is for him to form bad habits, and I think that's actually a really important aspect of like Danny Ainge's style of rebuild. Here has not been, at least with these guys, has not been to just put a shitty team together. Like he's constantly has good players around guys like Tatum and Brown, so they aren't really allowed to just turn into. Like, oh, I'm just going to take the ball and take 25 shots and not play defense and and not hustle back. Like, there's always been, like, a Horford or a Kyrie or a Hayward or whoever around them to sort of – and I'm not going to say mold them, but to keep them in line and to, like, help them, you know, sort of follow the, the correct trajectory on becoming an NBA superstar and not taking shortcuts or not becoming, like, a player who just focuses on, you know, 28 points a game and doesn't do anything else. So, yeah, there's going to be bumps and bumps and bruises along the way. But I still think these guys are on the right path to being complete players. And really, at the end of the day, that's, that's what you're looking for, is for Tatum to be 
a complete player. And there's a handful of them in the league that are, I'm not going to ever compare anyone to LeBron, but a complete player in the sense where you can rely on them to score, pass, rebound, play defense, right? So I think that's yeah. where they're headed. They're obviously not there yet. And that's and that's why it's yeah. so hard to, like, right. That's on, why. on one hand, we're frustrated by, like, the production and the wins and losses. But on the other, it's like, these guys are still relatively young and like their best years are multiple years away. Like, so it's, it's a hard balance, I guess. Yeah. But that's that it, word, balance. You're holding him to the standard of what you would want. A top yeah, number one in the player, league. What you, what you want a top 10 player to be. You're holding him. You see, right. you see, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jokic come in here and you're like, that guy literally does the right thing every single time with the ball, you know, like, yeah, you, you, I know it's asking a lot, but look, and again, we keep yeah. referring to that ESPN top 100, top 50 players thing. Jokic was 10th, and we're like, does he come there? And then you watch him, and you're like, yeah, he freaking does. You know, like, you want Tatum to be literally a top three, top five MVP candidate every year, you know, that he's in the league, because that's it, that's what you need to be a championship team. If he's not, yeah. it doesn't mean he's a bad player. He's still a great player. But you got to get to that next level. You want him to be nearly perfect with his decisions and all cut out all the stuff. The why he's held to a different standard. He's held to the standard that you want a top five, top ten NBA player to be. That's that's why any criticism of him is just that he's not there. Not that he's not good. Okay, I think people no, confuse I, I that. No, I agree. Right, but I, I think that's the next step Jokers. in this progression, though. Like that's the next step. It almost reminds me. It really reminds me of a young LeBron. Like, remember that was the huge part of LeBron's game. He had to get down, how to be more of a playmaker, how to make his team better because his team wasn't strong enough that, you know, he was a, a shoe-in to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know? Like, obviously, this is a different situation because, you know, LeBron didn't have a guy like Jalen Brown. But I think the biggest difference here for, for uh, Jason Tatum was that, obviously, he had the the uh, experience of going to the Eastern Conference Finals so many times as a young as a young player. And now that, you know, it is quote unquote his team, he has to sort of figure this thing out and sort of uh, divvy up the touches with someone like Jalen Brown. So it, it's a tough, it's a, it's a difficult transition into that role, but I'm not worried about it. Like, I just think that's the next step in his, in his, uh, in his progression here. And right, I also, that's going to lead to more trips to the free throw line too. Like that's another big part of this when, when the ball's swinging more often and he's looking to get uh, guys better looks or, uh, if that's a priority, he's getting trips to the free throw line because as soon as that ball swings back, you know, he's getting pummeled or he's getting a, a great open look, a high percentage shot. Let's be honest too. Did we ever expect him to be a point guard in this league, a point forward? I, the fact that it's already happened at 22 is unimaginable. I ne like, I always thought he had like nice secondary passing skills in the lane out of Duke. I saw a lot of that from him in college, but on the ball, pick and roll, spread the ball around off the dribble at 22 at the rate he's done it in the playoffs, no less. Five assists a game, you know, 20% assist percentage. Like he's ahead of schedule in that regard. So to look at him and say, oh, this guy's a flawed lead guard for a team. Like it's just way too early to say that. And I know there's mistakes he makes along the way, but the whole package is enormously effective. I the, wasn't the form of them making the East Finals last year. Tatum on the ball, leading the offense, spreading it around, running the pick and roll. I mean, that's what got them there. And there were mistakes along the way. They went seven games against Toronto largely because of those mistakes. But it was still him in the end that got it done. Mm -hmm. Leave it to John, man. He's like finds the one player that's like an like absolute savage in the Joker, 
and and you know trashes Tatum. I mean, look, we made, not Jokic. We made Durant comparisons, <laughs> and we deemed that unfair, and it is unfair. But ultimately, again, you're talking about you want him to on a level where you're talking about him in the vein of those super players. That's it. He's okay? got a long time to get there. Yeah. You know? Yes and I no. Mean, I mean, you don't want, no, yes and no. Know, around that, though. wouldn't it be uh, great for it to happen now? You know, <laughs> like it's, he's, heading into he's, this, he's, the second this half is of the season. season. I know he's young, but yeah. this is seasoned at this point, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't I think mean, it's ridiculous. I don't think it's ridiculous. It's two years of you know, him I mean, being in that position. Like I said, Luca, Luca's there. Luca was there in twenty games. You know, like. I, well, you look at guys like Luca Booker is another like. Yeah, Luca was in twenty games in his career. Awful you know, like, teams, awful teams. I, I mean, come so that's a. Suns are good this year. That's man. A disadvantage though, like, what do you mean? No, you get the opportunity to. Tatum was never on the ball as a rookie or second year in the league ever. Well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't asked to take on that role, but I think that's because, easily well, a part of the game. Because he could not have. He could not like, have. After the first two game, after this first two seasons, like I think it's part of his game that he's he's expanded on, like on a level that we've overlooked, or at least it now we're back, talking. It kind of goes back to what I was saying, though, is that these Celtics teams have not allowed like a guy like Tatum to just take over from when he entered the league. He's, there's always been star players along the way, and this is the year, or I guess last year, was the beginning of him sort of taking over and being the guy. But even then you brought in Kemba. So like, again, like there's always players, veterans and established stars in this league that have, I'm not going to say anything that they've done negatively for Tatum. I think it, it's helped him. It's just helped him grow as a player. Maybe not at the speed that we would have seen, but also maybe he's making less mistakes or maybe he's more of a polished player because of the players that he's played with along the way. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, we'll never know, I guess, but that's, that's the way it. That's the route that that Ainge took, and that's the way it's going to be for a guy like that's Tatum and Brown. That's the way it's going to be. That's yeah. just the way. It's we all be. agree he's good enough to be the best player on a championship team, or else we wouldn't even be talking about that as an aspiration. I, I, don't, I don't know that yet. Today, no. no. I don't really? know that yet. So why would? I, 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 that's a, what I want there to be. Yeah. Why were they a pick? They were a popular pick in the bubble to go all the way. I mean that doesn't exist without what he not, was doing. Not, not before the bubble started. It, what happened in the things changed in, within the bubble that that made people say, "Well, wait a second. Milwaukee was playing play. like crap. Toronto was playing like crap, and the Celtics looked good, and they had Hayward clicking, and they had Kemba back, and everything looked like it was clicking on all cylinders. So they were fashionable because they were streaking. Miami was a popular pick too because they were playing really well as also. So in fact, the teams, the two yeah. best teams, the two teams who were playing the best met in the conference finals. So I mean. They and obviously Hayward getting hurt really, you know, kind of derailed that. And I still think they go to the finals right. if, Hayward, if Hayward plays. But yeah. I mean, that was a different yeah. team. The easiest path, the easiest path they'll ever get. Yeah, my, my point, was, my point yeah. through all of this though is that Tatum's done it at the highest level at this point. So there's things to clean up, but the assessment that he can't be your lead playmaker or best player like that, whoever Goodman talked to said, is just so wrong. Um, and I, 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 I still. Yes, I get it. I still want to see it. All right, I let's see it. That, I don't know that Tay's the alpha <laughs> on a championship team yet. I think he has to has to clean up a lot of things to be your true oh, leader. Meaning when great. the ball's in his hand, you should almost never worry that something uh, – you can't be perfect, 
but you, you're, he's going to be making the right play more more often than not and always doing the right thing. And he's not all the way there yet, but you're right. It's year one of trying him in the point forward sort of role. It's a different kind of role for him. And again, it's it's different personnel. So he's adjusting to that as well. But again, well, the I only mean, time I felt like that on a consistent level was uh, that crazy stretch uh, before the All-Star break last season. Like that was the, you know, when he had the ball in his hand, you're like, okay, they're going to yeah. be all right. You know, that was like, I don't, that's a good yeah, point. That, that's a good point, John. That, that was right before the season ended. Was that hot stretch that he was on? Right before it's not. It was right unbelievable. Right the pre, yeah, exactly. Right before yeah, the pre lockdown, yeah. Tatum, and that was crazy because all that was like Unreal. that was like, kind of like early season Jalen, almost unsustainable hot shooting. But yeah. like you, yeah. I, I never thought he was going to miss you. You were like, go ahead, take the step back from 30. He's going to hit it. He was unconscious. <laughs> yeah, you won't. You won't. About a yeah. year ago. Yeah. yeah. yeah Playing with a ridiculous swagger. So that's the thing is you can be two things here, right? You can be that version of Tatum, which is like an absolutely just assassin scorer, which is I'm going to take any shot anytime and F you, I don't care. And then you kind of just, you're just that. Uh, or you yeah. can try to be the complete player that's the point forward that's working the ball around, moving it, you know, and trying to do different things. So it's kind of, you know, like I said, they're asking them to do different things here. On, on a different team where the ball is spread out and one team can't put all it. Also, this year, all the attention is on him, you know. Even last year, when you're playing the three wings and you have Kemba out there, all the attention, you can't put all the attention on Tatum. He's got to beat one guy. He almost never can do that anymore. And I think that's one of the reasons why. He's not. He can't go through one of those unconscious stretches like he did before. You look at like tonight against a team that isn't really playing deep. Yeah, it's it's hard for him to do it now. So they're making it harder for him. And I think that that. And that's why we're not going to do a whole trade thing tonight. But you need better teammates for him. You need better teammates. Get better around him. Guys that can play make off of him. And clearly we, we want to see less of that from Kemba. So what kind of guys could you get in here that could help in that regard? Uh, better wings to knock down shots around him. Make guys stay home on the perimeter instead of clogging the lane. Even a real uh, a better big man possibly. We've talked about Vucevic who had 30 tonight. Well, what about, let's talk about this guy. Big V. Uh, what about well, – yeah, we liked Collins. We, oh, we liked yeah. Collins 14 hours ago. Yeah, was he unsubscribed, <laughs> unsubscribed to Collins. That was bad. Remember one thing he did tonight? No, he but I remember yeah. uh, Miles Turner yeah, still leads the league in blocks. Shout out to Miles I said, no, I, did, I, I don't remember. I forgot Collins. Was, he, I forgot he was out there tonight, but I did remember uh, uh, they mentioned the stat. Uh, was it? Actually, it was TNT last night. Uh, who leads the league in blocks? Uh, Miles Turner still leading the league, still doing his thing. Well, that's, that's going to be, speaking of apology cam, that's going to be Bobby's apology cam at the end of the year. Well, they're playing the Pacers next week. We'll leave that for then because I don't want to get in that. But I still have a whole explanation for, you know, why that wasn't the move. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And we'll let you explain away, bud. Will. Yeah. That's a teaser for next week. Getting back to Collins, though. Yeah, it was. it's funny. Obviously, we don't. We're not watching Hawks games regularly, and when you when you when you see or hear about a guy like Collins and rumors constantly, and oh, he'd be such a great guy for the Celtics to get, and then he puts together like one of the oh, worst performances on. probably of his of his season. No, it just makes you wonder. Like, okay, well, what was all this hype that we were hearing about, or you know, how frustrating is this guy to see? Yeah, exactly. Inconsistency. I don't know. 
This is the problem. And again, our man here, who's who's here every single game, we appreciate it. Um, it's the just, money. It, it is. It's oh, the money. Pardon. He's a nice. This is exactly the comment, and we, this is what we said the other night. He's a nice player, but holy wow! I, I, this is why Atlanta. <laughs> this is why Atlanta's like I. Who wants this guy? Because they're not going to do. They're not going to pay him. They they're hoping somebody else bites and they get something here because they don't. They don't want to max this guy out. It's a bit of a red flag, right? When a when a team is willing to to just trade a guy that they could have first, you know, dibs on, right? I mean, got to be a reason, yeah. at least somewhat for that. I mean, yeah, I don't it's, know it's a defense. Simple, yeah, his his defense has been a massive mark on him throughout his career, and that team's been a disaster of a defensive unit. I know John was high on them coming in this year, but they can't figure out that end of the floor. And Clint Capella hasn't helped all that much. He's been more of an offensive force for them. So Collins, I mean, last year, I remember when the Hawks and Celtics would play, this guy is like 6'9", skinny. They'd have him at center out there against, you know, much bigger players who were able to dominate him on that side of the floor. And again, tonight, the Hawks were really bad on that end. So that's the mark that scares people off on him. But he's 23, there's upside. The offense has been proven. Even if he had a bad night tonight, you still look at his stats on the season. They're fantastic. He had 20 on Wednesday. And the question you have to ask when they're making moves here is what kind of move can you do to set up, you know, a future core? Because ideally you wanted Hayward to remain part of this core for years to come. So you want so Hayward like Barnes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Barnes is older. Vucevic's older. Collins is 23. And he's been on a bad team his whole career. That's why I say, forget the money. You're, you're paying someone. Year. Who cares about the money? I mean, throw the tax in the trash. Let's go. I mean, Wick, you get to take a break from it this year. Who cares? Like, it's No matter what they put in there, Vucevic, we all like Vucevic. That's going to be tax, big money for the next couple of years. People are talking about Al Horford now. That's going to thrust you into the tax, big money for years to come. Whatever they do to upgrade is going to make this team extremely expensive. So why not spend on a young player who has growth potential? I don't care about the tax if you got the players in your roster that you want. Don't like care. what are the alternatives to Collins? I, I we can talk Turner. We can do that forever. Maybe that was the right move with that money, and it was certainly cheaper than Collins would be at this point. Um, you know, we would have liked Hayward back, but those things are all in the past. So what's available now? What's in front of them? I think Collins is probably the best option there. Now, I'm not some of my nose at Vucevic either because he is going off in a way this year that is just undeniable. I don't know. We're back where we are. We're, 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 you know, this'll, this'll sort itself out. We can't do the TPE talk every single show because the story doesn't change a ton, but you know, we know what the team needs. I think internally the fixes, first of all, you ha- you need internal fixes, which means you need health. You need to figure out your identity. You need to play defense every single night. It'd be nice to know what you have in some of the players that you're still trying to work in here. So you want to see, you know, Neesmith continue to evolve Romeo to finally get on the court and, figuring out you know how it's all going to work when you have all of your players out there like that the core here is going to drive it i don't think who they use the tpe on the tpe is going to help bolster things ultimately but this team either pulls it together or you're looking at a you know first or second round exit i mean danny said it the other day they're not you know they're not a championship team right now so doesn't mean they can't start playing like one but you got to see more from these guys and it's possible. We've seen them at their best play a brand of basketball that I think could compete with almost any team out there. You just have to do that. That's it. You know? It's the consist- 
the consistency factor. And it, it's, again, we're not, not going to sit here and pretend that, like, they haven't had their fair share of injuries this year. They have, whether it's COVID or whether it's Smart, you know, Pritchard, Brown, whoever, Kemba, obviously. Um, you know, I, I really want to see this team fully healthy and then get a good judgment of, of you know, what, what, the, what they actually have there. I don't know if that's going to happen, but hopefully they can get a few of those games together before the playoffs start so you can get an idea, or really before the trade deadline so you can try to get a better sense of where do they really need to improve on, assuming that they're healthy. And I know we talk about bigs, we talk about wings, and I'm sure those are the two main priorities. Um, but again, it's just a matter of, I think what, what John says is true. You know, you have to fix internally what's been going on with this team because the talent is much is there much more than we've seen to the point where they should not just be one game over 500 type team. We all know that. Yeah. Right. And I think the course, the, the the lessons of the course of the regular season and all that stuff and the in and outs of all that, I just think at the end it's, it's which team's going to be tougher mentally, you know, like, I mean, yeah, sure. The, the 76ers, they didn't, they were, they had injuries last season. Right. So of course the Celtics, you know, it wasn't the most challenging series. You know, you you look they at they dominate the, them every playoff series though. The Sixers are have always yeah, been but that was the year they were supposed different. to do it, right? Like that was the year. You know, they they got Al, they gave Al a, a bag of cash, and and, and uh, right. you know Ben Simmons wasn't wasn't healthy, but that was supposed to be the year. So you know, you you, you pass them, you get to the Bucks, you know, or, or excuse me, yeah, you get to the Bucks, and and granted, like I just think the Celtics were just a better cohesive unit, and they just had that down that chemistry, but. The other teams have gotten better now, and, and whether we're talking record-wise or we're talking talent-wise, but chemistry-wise, I mean, I think the Celtics maybe they had the edge, and and then in that aspect of, of they have that uh, familiarity in the in the starting five at least. But for the most part, with that second unit, I, I just think between now and then, you just have no idea what the what what it's going to look like, and you you can compare it to the to the same teams we were talking about last season, and. At the end of the day, the seven game in the seven game series, like I just think the Celtics, they're gonna learn a lot about themselves, and, and I think that's a good thing. Like I, I don't think this TPE thing is gonna be what ultimately makes or breaks this Celtics roster. I think it's gonna be bigger it's, than that. It's pretty important though, and all the points you say oh. there are valid. But when you come into a season losing a starter and don't replace him at all, yeah, y- you're asking for results like this, and this that's been a massive part. They've been searching for that fifth starter. They've run. I think sixteen different starting lineups this well, year. This is like, again everyone. This is this is we, yeah. this is why we keep going back to the the. I mean, not to not based off of Turner's performance only this year, but why it was worth getting almost anybody in here, even if they were fifty to sixty percent of what you were losing versus nothing, and the nothing was the killer, you know. And again, yep. so again, yeah, the you trade. Know, you know, the, you know, Danny I, was. You know, Danny was looking at that signing, that Jeff T signing, like, oh, fourteen a night. He's a lock, guys. Don't worry about it. Like, whatever it was, you know. And again, <laughs> I was. Whatever it was, it basically comes down to the trade. Comes down to Thompson and the TPE versus what you could have gotten at that time, you know. Um, and so we'll see. He might pull a rabbit out of his hat with that TPE, but it's going to cost you a few more things. Uh, but yeah, you're right. What Bobby said, you left with nothing. You know, you keep losing. You've lost how many assets? For nothing, you know, we see every night, but I mean, everywhere out. you've lost Kyrie, Horford, you know, uh, even Rozier, uh, you know, for and now Hayward for nothing, really. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, really hurt him until now, though, right, John? Like, those other ones didn't really hurt him to the to the point where you were like, Oh, this team's in trouble. 
You know, he was able to slip under. Yeah, because you're like, we still got these guys. We still got they, they all piled yeah, up on each other. The Kemba Walker fell on his lap. You know, like yeah. that. That yeah. And Tice and Tice was playing as well as Horford for a fraction of the money. So there it felt, we go. It felt yeah. okay. You know. <laughs> yeah, you got that, Bobby. That's true. Yeah, that's what we're looking for on this. No, show. but I mean that felt okay there. And then Kemba replaced Kemba supplemented Kyrie. So you're right. You got away with that Terry. There wasn't space for him here anyway. So you were fine with it. But that Hayward was, I really think, obviously the tipping point loss. And how many Celtics fans were just kicking him out the door? I, I hope they're I thinking mean, about that now, Bobby. Like I said, I thought he was worth the 30 and I'm going to keep saying it. I would have overpaid and I don't care. I think he was, I think you were better overpaying and having him than risking not. If it was a, what if it was even up and it was, I'll stay here 30 or go there for 30. Absolutely. They should have paid him. You know, people viewed him as getting in the way of the Jays, but he was actually gluing everything together. Looking back on it. Like yeah. he was the ultimate glue guy with his passing yeah. and ability to score on and off the ball. Yeah. He was awesome here. His defense, it's it was less than people wanted in terms of injuries, which I get the frustration where that came from. But in terms of what Hayward was on the court, it was undeniable the kind of impact he had. And they really succeeded in the playoffs in spite of that. It wasn't, oh, we're better without Hayward. It was, wow, they really like rallied and played much better uh, without him because they were still missing a lot there. Um, but you know, now they got to make the best of it. They're missing a big piece. And Joe Sway brings up the rest of the East. Another reason I look at this and say, not all of this can be internal is because the rest of that East really is so good. Philly and B drops 50 tonight. The Bucks, I know they've been streaky, but they still scare me. Um, and the Nets last night just clean up the Lakers like nothing like Kyrie and Harden, perfect chemistry. Who are they? Who are the Nets? I don't know who they are. I I don't get it. Like, you don't know. I think they're going to win the championship. I really do. No, the don't, chip. Don't, don't the do chip. That, don't the go chip, back. Bob. Really? Yep. You no, said four big Harden win. Bobby, don't, you don't, don't back show your there. age. I know you're hanging out with older people, but it's the chip. You can say chip. chip. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was so wrong about the 22 and 0 with them that I said to start the year. Like, I thought they were going to be like Warriors level. Dominated. I was so wrong about dot, dot, dot. The story of Bobby's season. <laughs> no, but I still think they're going to win it all. I mean, that level of talent. Don't go back on this, man. (laughs) Don't do it. Who do you guys have winning it all? Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. Listen, listen. But the Nets, it's Lakers or Nets. The Nets are legit. The Nets are legit. I mean, it's not going to be easy to beat them, but I'm I'm not betting against LeBron until somebody gives me a reason to. I'm banking something happens with the Nets. Uh, health-wise, uh, uh, which you can't predict. <laughs> That's messed uh, up. The, the demon of bad health, John. <laughs> no, I'm only saying, hurt. no That's it's, wild, John. it's fair. Look, sometimes tearing ACLs is a good thing. No, I, what I'm saying, <laughs> I'm what I'm saying is, uh, just Kyrie. I mean, at the end of the day, Kyrie's missed massive chunks of time over time. Harden's what still, about Anthony Davis? Harden's still he's out right. now. Yeah, he's out too. Harden's not in shape still. And um and uh, Achilles. Yeah, and and Durant, you know, still scares me, even though he's been unfreaking believable. I mean, you want to do apology cam here? Me saying Durant's gonna be 70% of the player might be the absolute one I'll do here because <laughs> again, just do it. Don't talk yeah, about it, do it. it. Medically you did say that. Medically speaking, <laughs> no one comes back from Achilles at that age and is the same guy, and he is unfreaking believable right now. So um, yeah, but see something about the best of, a best of seven series, seeing the same team over and over again. 
I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm going to say this team's going to implode, but I just think it's going to be tough for for Kyrie sometimes to get through that. I don't, I don't know, man. I just think Kyrie hasn't been the same since since uh, <laughs> he hasn't been the same in, in playoff <laughs> games and playoff series since leaving I love LeBron. Doctor John, but no, the, games, like the Kyrie Nets are going to be that. The Nets are going to be that team that they can they can get a buyout guy on top of who are who they already have. They're going to shore up their roster. They're deep. Like they're they're going to be the team to beat out of the East. And I think we all want. Listen, we all, we all want the Celtics in there, but I think if we can't be them, like Lakers Nets is going to would be one hell of a one hell of a uh, NBA. Last line. night was pretty good, even though they were both shorthanded. That was an enjoyable game. Yeah, no. that's why you should be inevitable though, so right Lakers. now, okay? You guys know what the, what the inevitable is, right? Another chapter in Celtics-Laker rivalry. I want the inevitable now, but Celtics got a lot oh, of that'd be a blast. That would be a blast. Celtics I would just be – I would be stunned at this point if, if the Celtics made it to the NBA Finals. Last I mean, year lot, was such a great opportunity for that. I, I hope we don't look out back on last year as a massive missed opportunity, whether because of how they slipped up in these finals. Well, they would have got smoked by the Lakers anyways. So No, but you could also look yeah. at it like John did and say if Hayward was healthy there, that team had a real shot, and it just stinks the way sure. things piled up in the end there. No, I don't well, think they had a shot, but, uh, you know, <laughs> to be to be honest, but I, I just <laughs> – Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, the NBA they smoked. They smoked the Lakers that December in the Garden, though. Like, I still keep thinking about that. Then they gave them a run for their money when you guys were out there. Like, they played that team really well when they were healthy. Yeah, but who's going to take care of Anthony Davis? Like, I just think Anthony Davis – Tice is the best Davis player in the league. Run effing real. Like, it's just – it was insane. Tice would have given him a run. Rob Williams. Yeah. That's Davis is the best. Tice is like the fourth best. They couldn't even contain Bam out of bio. Like that's Anthony Davis is what times two, maybe not times two, but you know what I'm saying. Like he's a, he's another level. Yeah, yeah. nobody, Josue, nobody can contain him. That's the thing is like there's no reason to say we right. don't have a guy who can stop Embiid. I don't Literally, think you can compare the planet does. That, that guy, that guy doesn't exist. I don't yeah. think you can compare. Right. What happened in the regular season between the Celtics and the Lakers, which is literally like months before you know the postseason because of the, the stoppage. Because it was just the Lakers were a completely different team. Like even from the beginning of the bubble, compared to the playoffs, they they <laughs> they changed. They transformed to the team they needed to be, the championship team they needed to be. Like and you remember was- when the bubble first started, people were worried about the Lakers. They're like, "Oh, this team might be." Uh, Joe Sway, me and you, me and you were like, "Yeah, it's the Lakers." And John, John, I know for a fact did not believe in the Lakers last Clippers, year. Clippers, Clippers, yeah. Oh, that Clippers collapse was mind blowing. I, I don't know how that – although there were signs of it round one when they almost lost to Dallas. I love so. it, though. Do, Doc Rivers <laughs> Doc Rivers exists because he's the type of guy who can handle superstar players, and then the death of the L.A. Clippers ended up being that he, he gave the superstar players too much superstar treatment. Give me a freaking break. You know, like – Yeah. That was ridiculous That out was there. totally on the players. Oh, George just died. Totally I on mean. the players. They just, <laughs> they just folded it up. That was, that was disgraceful. Paul George but, was so awful. But it goes awful. back to what we were awful. saying. Yeah. It goes back to what we were saying. Like sometimes the sometimes the coach is the first one to go. You're not gonna trade all your players away. It might not be the coach's fault, but if the players tune them out for whatever reason, change yeah. needs to be made. It doesn't mean Doc can't coach. Clearly he can. I mean, he's doing his thing in Philly and it, he's been perfect for that team. So yeah. that's so the big I, difference between Philly this year. I, I that hurt I me. Doc. 
That irked yeah, me a little bit too, John. I was excusing. I was excusing him. Like he went out there to be the guy who could deal with mm -hmm. these types of guys, and then they friggin' it, it always only works until it doesn't. You know, you mm -hmm. want it was like Francona in his last years with the Red Sox. Having a player's coach is great until all of a sudden you lose complete control of everybody, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, there was no discipline here. People were doing whatever they wanted. There was resentment and so infighting. your coach is ripping shots with the players yeah. in, in the back. <laughs> That, that, After a loss, that yeah. irks me too, though, because like, bring, bring, bring me the freaking fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> chicken and beer, done. baby. You you guys win it. Yeah. Kawhi was never going back to Toronto, too, which was disappointing for all of them. But the Raptors did give him things that aided him in a championship run in a great way. And then he took that and brought it to LA. And sort of treated that team like they were the championship Raptors. And they just coasted along. You know, George took on that persona like he had won, even though it was just by association. And the whole team eventually did. To the point where it was just so lackadaisical that you yeah. slip on a 3-1 lead. And that, that brought up questions about both Kawhi and George, of course. And we'll see how they answer it this year. They've been awesome. We even saw how they lost to the Celtics, you know, a few weeks ago. Jimmy, it wasn't great. Massive collapse. Jimmy, I put this comment up here. You remember we were at this game. We were in the locker room uh, when we asked. Uh, I asked. I asked Anthony Davis about this, uh, about the block <laughs> on Rob, and, and he gave a good answer. He was like, "Yeah, man, I totally didn't think." He, I remember that game. We were talking about who stops Davis, so it's an interesting comment. It, Davis went up thinking like, "I got this clean," and William Will, Rob just kicked the shot out of the sky, and then he did it again. And I asked him in the locker room afterwards, like, "Were you surprised?" And he was like. Hell yeah! Holy crap! John, that, you know? John has a Rob Williams jersey. Is someone send the comments? No, but I was There's so no doubt. Doubt. <laughs> it was, Rob was, he was wearing like, it in the locker room. Rob was playing like five minutes a night. This was one of those few games he got to play, and he just literally Davis was like, "Whoa!" You know, like right. totally shocked by it. After yeah. after, after he that question, and then Brad benched for six games. After yeah. But but he but he answered it though. Normally players are like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm freaking Anthony Davis. You know, like could have right. been a brush off, but his his answer was like, no, man. I was really impressed. Like I did not think he could get up like that. I like no, the way nobody was, like 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 yeah. Yo, you see that? You saw that too, right? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Nobody watches Rob and is like, oh, that's not impressive. Like you watch this guy and it's just like, holy crap, this guy could be the best center in the league. Yeah. But he goes, At he times, goes. Right? Yeah. He goes 27th in the draft for some reason. And you're like, why'd that happen? And then you, he's on the bench all game. And you're like, why, why is that? And there is just something there that prevents him from like reaching his potential. <laughs> and honestly, he's guys, so eager. He's like, I want to do everything. You know, he wants to block every shot. He wants to get out there. He's just, you know, and so if he, but when he slows down, sometimes it's a little too slow. He, he's got to find that right gear and kind of stay there the whole time. He's either, he's sometimes too fast, sometimes too slow. Um, but yeah. it's all there. Every tool is in the shed, you know, even shooting. Like he, when he gets his baseline jumpers and he sets his footer, he looks really good, you know, like he, he looks like he's so close to being a complete player, but you're right. There's something just a synapse, not firing. There's something missing there. you know. <laughs> right. And in health too. Like yeah. there always seems to be lingering health things with him. So I think we're all collectively like just, praying that this guy can become his potential because it would be so exciting. It would change That's, the direction the of this team. Would be team. Yeah. yeah. But, and it has been slow, progressive improvement. Like the arrow has gone, you know, maybe not straight up, but it keeps going up year after year with him. Yeah. He, just how long can you wait? To he get might, there? He, he might be uh shades of, of another Rob that is new Englanders are very familiar with Rob Gronkowski. 
maybe oh. some similarities there in the in the athleticism dominance at the position eagerness uh somebody said he's like a excitable puppy how long um, did it take Gronk? might have right away it was like, right no. away yeah. <laughs> yeah there was like no but that's because he played <laughs> that's because he had tb12 throwing him the ball and he and he got that playing time right off the bat so it was amazing because they had this other tight end who was incredible too but yeah yeah, we don't talk yeah. about him. Yeah, we don't talk yeah. about him. <laughs> yeah. 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 I actually thought he was I thought he was a better player. Great. It wasn't until year two that he completely took off. Um yeah, yeah, that's true. The second year, yeah. Second year he had 17 touchdowns. He had 10 touchdowns his rookie year. So 07 gets remembered because they were undefeated, even though they lost. Eleven we're doesn't get remembered because they lost again. But that team was, whew, you look back on that team, the offense especially, they were loaded. Yeah, Bobby, you bumming Patriots? me out, man. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to talk about the two years they lost? That's what you want to talk about? Yeah, no, man. I'm talking about the second <laughs> one where they should have had it again. But I, like, well, they should have had it the year, after, the year after 18-1, Brady went down. I mean, that would have been the year they were going to – they were definitely going to go undefeated that year, I'm sure. Was there they a guy who – 11-5 with Castle. With Castle, who's yeah. leading the who's leading the defense in eleven, John? Because that's what screwed them. The 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 team they, they were I think they were down a good quarterback then. I mean, look good corners then. I wonder if that was Patricia too, or was he later? Because he obviously blew the Eagles one, which is awful defense. Well, I don't know if Eagles Patricia one. was still there with with the Giants because no, those you, teams you, were both you so didn't good. Have a, you didn't have a lockdown corner there. You still had Devin might have been playing more cornerback, and Kyle Arrington was your other guy. They Arrington didn't, was solid, dude. So they didn't have a great good, secondary. Good. You did have Will Fork. You had Ninkovich. You had Mayo. So you were decent up front. Andre Carter, I think, was pretty good then. But the secondary was a disaster. The secondary was not great, and that was an issue with that team. I mean, that team wasn't a great regular season team either. They, that team, they were thirteen and three, but they looked flawed. It just didn't didn't have that great Belichick thing. Um, well, for years, but, yeah, th those were the years they were just relying on offense, right? Well, they just also like, went really yeah. bad on the deep uh, defensive backfield. I felt like you had that gap between Asante Samuel and Darrell Revis, really, where they didn't have that lockdown corner. So you were always worried when the other team had the ball that they were they were going to run it up the field for you. I mean, uh, no, the next one was uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Talib. Yeah, was, was the there. next guy they had that was locked down, In and then was nasty. Yeah, and then you got Revis, and then after that, it became Believe like Revis, yeah. that's around the time it clicked for Belichick, which is like, oh, cornerbacks are more important than pass rushers, and they got really deep in the backfield there. Um, but that I remember those teams. You're always like, oh, when the other team had the ball, you're like, they're just gonna throw it. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna get a they're gonna complete third and long every time. It was a really exactly. stressful feeling being a Pats fan yeah. during that window. <laughs> the only reason they, they made the super the defense, they didn't have the Don't defense. The only reason they made the Super Bowl that year was because of Billy Cundiff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, that was oh. very worrisome. Uh, when, we, yeah. when we deviate off of Celtics, we kind of lose uh, we, we lose the plot a little bit. Um, so we are going to wrap it. It's been quite a while. Um, Pelicans on Sunday. Pelicans is fun. Um, you join us, Jimmy? I don't know about Sunday. I, I don't know if I can commit to that one. I'm moving stuff out of my apartment. I'm on, She's not I'm on the move. <laughs> no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, one no, thing I right. did want to talk about briefly, uh, we did um, – there was a, a – you know, it's not to go on the negative on it, but uh, are you yeah, guys right. – no, we have seen – we still want him to play all the time, <clears> but um, uh, Pritchard's been <laughs> ice friggin' cold. 
Uh, oh, Jimmy was blasting me for tweeting that. What was up with that, Jimmy? Because we're trying to have fun, man. We're up. We're trying to have fun. We're watching the game. Celtics are up twenty-five. And you're like Pritchard's three. Is this the green? Is this the green team or show? You can't point out negative things. <laughs> look at you Bobby. Calling you a, look at Bobby calling you a homer. Homer, yes, I mean, homer It was. It was hardly. Nick, make me a homer cam. Now I, Jimmy gets hit with the heat. No, we have it. We, we have a green teamer cam. We have one already somewhere. I'm not. I'm certainly not going to be on it. But <laughs> I had to come. I had to come and Bobby it's your for that. Points, Jimmy. For that. I'm not defending Pritchard's play. I was just saying, listen, like that's the one thing you felt like tweeting on a game with five points on. I was like, wow, you must be fun at parties. I thought that was a funny tweet. I got a few <laughs> likes on that tweet. Is that what you said? <laughs> and if you're watching the show right now, go back to the tweet and hit, get, hit that like button because that was a funny tweet. That's it's funny how the dynamic shifts on this show from time Sundays to time. Sundays for the booty. Well, the one thing <laughs> – all right, let's end it on a positive note. Ready? So well, I no, no, time out, time out, time out. Yeah. You can talk about Pritchard. I'm totally fine with it. No, my Pritchard thing is I don't care if he goes 0 for 7 or 0 for 8. I, I like his energy. I like his vibe. He's, our, he, he's right now still – I, in my opinion, still the most defendable uh, bench player, uh, meaning I feel wow. confident That's when he's out there all the time, even if you don't get results. Um, so right. I, I'll, I'll live with the ups and downs of Pritchard. He doesn't – you're going to have nights like this. I, even though he's cold, all of those are decent shots he's taken. He, he, he's he, – you know, I'm still comfortable with him with the ball in his hands. He's still playing hard. I, I have no problem with the struggles. It's going to happen. That's that's my vibe on it. It's not even a negative. I think Wow, look at the yeah. leash on Pritchard from Joe. Yeah, I mean, that listen. Leash, the mile like, long. Nights, I mean, I got a long one on Rob, too. Two nights ago. The I alternative said, I Jeff Teague. Two nights ago, I said, I don't care if he has five fouls. Keep him out there. I'm with, I'm with John 100%. Like yeah. whatever he's doing out there is a plus on either end of the floor. So I'm not concerned yes. if he puts up a goose egg every once in a while. Yep. So what, what I will say is where we want to end on a super positive is what was the best thing that happened tonight that we didn't talk about? Say it, Bobby. What, how about this? What didn't happen tonight? <laughs> oh, <laughs> is it about Grant? What did we, yes, we did not see Grant or and Jeff. T. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> that was a given, huh? It's almost like some stuff with Brad Stevens. He hears it after the game, and again, like I'm not saying he's watching the show, but like sometimes he does get asked the questions after, and it's like, oh, geez, that didn't go well, and then they shift away from it. Which, like, I'm not saying reporters are giving him the idea, but he knows and second guesses some of the decisions he makes because man, was Teague a disaster out there, and he did not belong anywhere near the court tonight, and nor for the future. I mean, well, that guy is just, he's let's bad. Not forget, let's not forget Kemba, Kemba played tonight. He didn't play yep. Wednesday. So obviously yeah, there, were some, there were some minutes that needed to be distributed last game. So I think that that's pretty much when you're going to see Teague, right? Games where Kemba can't play and they need some, you know, some spare minutes. But the point is, maybe not even when Smart comes back, you know? Right. Could, yeah, I know. I yeah. mean, that was Pritchard had five fouls. So, I mean, it really was like a perfect storm, perfect shit storm, if you will. Of of allowing Teague to play at that point in the game, so yeah, and you're right, John. Grant generally doesn't seem to have a role here when they're not when you have three bigs healthy. You know, yeah. Tice was Tice was out with the finger for a couple of days, so Grant kind of slips back in there, albeit late in the rotation. Uh, but when Tice is out there and the three bigs are playing, uh, you know, well as they did tonight, there's no role for Grant out there, none. You know, I I feel Grant is the guy Brad brings in when everything else sucks. You know, when all else fails, he's like, let's try Grant. How what, what could get worse? You know, 
Yeah, like that Warriors game, and it, or, it does matter. Like the glass that just says Grant. Or when, you have, <laughs> when you have a team that has bigs, you really don't have to worry about. I think obviously that's another Grant sort of situation there. When you have, you're not bringing him out there against Capella. I mean, it, you know, he uh, would have eaten him. You know, it's amazing too. Is is he seemingly passed Rob in the rotation at the end of the playoffs there? Right. And now he's he's so far behind him. Gone. Yeah, gone. So, God. again, all the Teague haters, the amount of disproportionate hatred on Crazy. John, a guy who plays four minutes a game. Because <laughs> uh, it's low-hanging fruit. It's yeah. low-hanging fruit. It's like, oh, I know. Let's just hate on Teague because that's easy to do. It's like, come yeah. on. You guys are better than that. Give the yeah. guy a little break here. But it, everyone was happy for it. So, yay, yay, Jeff Teague did not play. Everyone can chill out. Um, we will wrap it. We've been going about 90 minutes here. Uh, we're back on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Maybe all of us. Oh. We'll see, uh, but uh, you know we'll 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 cross. I'm that snowboarding point. tomorrow too. Okay, that's cool. So don't call me for any emergency podcasts or videos. The TP is gonna get used tomorrow. I'm out next. I'm I'm skiing. I'm out next Wednesday and Friday. I'll be on the oh, chairlift tomorrow. tomorrow. Live. I'll be on, yeah. if there's if there's show tomorrow. I'll be on the chairlift live. So if you want to if you want to give that a shot, we'll be on the 4G network. Yeah, yeah. We could try that. I'll be shredding. All right. Uh, that's it. Uh, we're done. Thank you for watching once again. Uh, uh, make sure you subscribe Any, to our um, YouTube channel. We'll do this one time. Marigold Medical. Uh, MarigoldMedical.com. Uh, stem cell therapy. Uh, it's good for what ails you. Cedric Maxwell from our network went there. Uh, Joe Sway witnessed it. He got uh, uh, witnessed a injection. Witnessed it. Um, and uh, he feels. You took him? <laughs> yeah, I didn't okay. do that. Not enough of that. Gave him the injection. <laughs> <laughs> First timers, you get to bring in a friend. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm oh. Call nine seven eight five three seven zero five five five. Tell him Cedric Maxwell sent. Yeah, you get a free. <laughs> you got to say yeah. Wow, that was sent, a hearty yeah. laugh. <laughs> Mar- I thought that was good. Marigoldmedical.com. Uh, make sure you go there. Uh, Marigoldmedical.com. I might go there. I could use a stem cell. Might tell them you sent yeah. Tell them sent yeah. What do um, they do? They'll just they'll stick you wherever, wherever you need they it. They assess whatever's wrong, and their goal is long term. Uh, is fixing the problem long term, not short, not a quick fix like a cortisone shot or this or that. So, um, and again, they use stem cell therapy to try to kind of rehabilitate rather than just like I said, alleviate pain. Can so, you do anything for uh, Bobby's face? No. no Unfortunately, damn, no. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, that would have been a good sell if they could, but. <clears throat> yeah. Bobby, yeah. Don't, take, don't, don't take that from Jimmy, man. <laughs> Thank you again, everyone. <laughs> Bobby, I'm kidding. Hey, you look upset. If we put dude. that. If we put that in the comments, I think I'd have the support here. Yeah. Hey, hey, best, there best you go, looking? Bobby. That's right. What, you want to do best looking comments? <laughs> uh, Let's do a poll on Seeds uh, oh, see on us. <laughs> tell thank you guys for watching. That stem cell injection. Sure. <laughs> 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 Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tell a friend. Join us for the next show. Uh, audience keeps growing. We want it to get bigger and bigger. Um, yes, thank so we you guys, we appreciate you. We tell appreciate. A friend, tell tell yeah. an enemy. Tell somebody that you haven't talked to recently. It's a good icebreaker. Tell an enemy. And honestly, trolls welcome too. We see you out there. Fine, whatever. I don't see. I don't Troll see. Fine. I don't see trolls, man. Yeah, come on, bring it. It's fine. <laughs> you you you're you're all welcome. Okay. Uh, we are having a good time. 
And uh, oh, what what's this? I like this one. John's hair today. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. I noticed it on my stream earlier, and I just couldn't fix it. I could have gone hat. Yeah, tonight would have been a hat. Yeah, going you know out of bang. Wait, okay, the referee. That's, that's this pretty our, good. This is our Trey Young game. This is our Trey Young game for Bobby. You know, it's a bad hair day game. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, thank the, you guys. The, the shoveling killed me. Shoveling. That's true. People don't know this. Bob, Bobby came right in from a, from a, sh a quick shoveling session. So, he was huffing yeah. and puffing. So, you get like the hat hair. Forever. Yeah. For us, we saw a blowout uh, for Bobby. He saw it as an opportunity to go show. That's what's so up. white out. <laughs> so. There's always yeah. money in the banana. This guy plays the hits. He this guy must know me, and he must know what shows I watch because it's literally every <laughs> single one. This guy um, plays the hits. It's your wife. <laughs> yeah, I love this. We're about to sign off. Everyone's getting the comments in now. This was my app. This this uh, George Michael in the banana stand was my Twitter avatar for like six years. When, uh, when, wow. when, I, when I was wow. working at NBC, and my byline was "I'm Mr. Manager," which again is a it was again is a joke from Arrested Development. Um, it was your burner account. I gotta watch that show. Just watch the first three seasons. Pretend the last three, the cast is ridiculous. Obviously, so I gotta watch it. I never seen it. First three seasons only, and then pretend don't. You know, don't. Oh, because yeah, they came back, right? Yeah. Well, there's... they came back with a Netflix reboot, and what they did was they couldn't get the cast all in the same place at the same time, so they shot these like satellite episodes that focused only around one or two characters. Uh, but you lost the whole magic of like everybody being together and intertwining in each other's lives. So you just had an episode with like one character or two characters in it floating through this world. And it was just a mess. It was a really yeah. hastily thrown together because they were all doing different movies, different things. Yeah. Everything after that hasn't been great. It's hard to recapture magic Everybody 10 years wanted. later. Yeah, because the, the man was there. Everybody wanted it so badly. So they probably just forced it, yeah. It was hard. It, it, what stinks is if that show started 10 years ago, like it would have just been on a streaming network and lived forever, you know, yeah. but like it was on Fox. They couldn't get the ratings. It had won an Emmy for best comedy. They were going to cancel it. Then it won an Emmy and they're like, crap, let's bring it back. They still couldn't get ratings and then just punted it. And really there was only HBO for streaming back then and Showtime a little. I mean, not streaming for another destination for, uh, and, and they didn't want networks. it. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want it. HBO yeah, was crazy, man. Their own programs, yeah. We've yeah, lost some, everybody. Some shows they get really lucky. What is it? Breaking Bad got shut down by it was HBO, Showtime. Like none of those uh, networks wanted it until A and E. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, two for two with a referee. Damn. <laughs> Still, I'm getting a haircut Tuesday. There, there is an all-time comment. My favorite comment so far is the one from last week where it was Nick's delivery driver. He was like, oh, Nick, yeah. it's your yeah, delivery driver. Was, I'm yeah. outside. Oh, my God. That was unreal. <laughs> I'm still Nick laughing. Nick blew his chance forever. Yeah, I'm still That was too funny. Nick's been given oh, so many chances, and he it's like Rob Williams. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, but, the highest yeah, of highs right. and the lowest of lows. That's Boomer <laughs> for you, though. It's like Rob Williams. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nick had that one game. He went off. Everybody loved him. <laughs> Everyone's like, yo, bring Nick for good. He should, people, he should. people love, people love, again, they, they claim they don't like it, but they love the entertainment value of, of, of Nick's shows. So I think, you'll see, yeah, I think you'll see Nick next week. Uh, but again, we're going to wrap it because we're into silly land here. Um, yeah, so yeah. Good night, everybody. We will see.